0: Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Friday, May 5th, and we start with local news. Yanali Park in Columbia will soon be the scenic home of new offices for the Murray County University of Tennessee Agriculture Extension Department and the Murray County Parks and Recreation Department. A groundbreaking ceremony was held on Monday at the park, making way for the 5,000-square-foot facility, costing $2.9 million, drawn from the county's adequate facilities tax. Parks Director of 21 Years, Al Ray, said the site is ideal for UT Ag Extension and the parks offices due to the department's heavy emphasis on agriculture and nature-based programming. The extension provides educational programs in the areas of agriculture, family and consumer sciences, community resource development, and 4-H youth development. It also takes a leading role in organizing the agriculture programs at the Murray County Fair and Exposition. The Ag Extension office is currently located at Public Square, while the Parks office is housed in a small building at Murray County Park. The county needs office space, Murray County Commission Chairman Eric Pravitti said, who led the groundbreaking ceremony. This can serve as a meeting space, workspace, and pavilion. Farmers can better pull in with their trucks and livestock rather than trying to park on the square, he said. The new facility will also serve as an event site for weddings, receptions, and other celebrations. The construction of the new offices is part of the 475-acre Yanali Park Master Plan, which was conceived in 2015. Starla Harden, County Director of UT Ag Extension, said she is most looking forward to having outdoor classrooms for educational programming and to accommodate Master Gardener classes and 4-H wildlife and forestry teams. We couldn't be more thankful and grateful for this opportunity to move our office here to Unali. When the commission asked if I could move the offices anywhere in the county, where would it be? I said, Yenali Park, she said. This is a huge part of our future. Ray said he is looking forward to extending parks programming and connecting children to nature through the new location. We are bursting at the seams at our offices now, Ray said. We envisioned the center and the extension of this park as part of our Unali Park Master plan back in 2015. I can't wait for the facility to open and see the plan come to fruition, he said. Construction will take up to 18 months, county officials said. After the ceremony, generational beef cattle farmer Trevor Pennington of 1822 Farms provided hamburgers from his farm and refreshments for dozens of elected officials, county staff, and community members in attendance. In attendance. Opening in 2019, Yanali Park is home to multiple ecosystems, diverse flora and fauna, unique geologic and hydrological features, and habitat for potential rare, threatened, and endangered species. The 475 acre park also provides connectivity to the 12,000 acre Yanali Wildlife Management Area. Yanali is a Chickasaw word meaning to flow through. It is the county's largest public park. Our goal is to improve the lives of all Murray County citizens, Hardin said. Columbia Central High School went on lockdown Wednesday morning after a reported call that there was an active shooter at the facility, a call that proved to be false. The Tennessee Bureau of Investigation and Columbia Police Department each reported on its Facebook page that the call was a hoax and appeared to be part of a pattern of such calls taking place all across the state. TBI is currently working with state and federal partners to determine the source of several hoax calls placed to local law enforcement agencies reporting an active shooter at several high schools in the state. At this time, none of these reports is proven credible, and there is no known immediate threat to public safety at this time, TBI officials said, again via the agency's Facebook page. The TBI had cleared the scene shortly before noon, according to witnesses on site. They told us we were on a hard lockdown and we had to go back to our classrooms, student Carlos Pillow Jr. told reporters. Actually, we had to run into a closet and barricade everything. The police was running in the building with their vests on, he said. Parent Carlos Pillow Sr. added, I was at work and when I got the call, they were saying people got shot. When I called my son, he didn't answer the phone, so I'm thinking it was my son. I just ran out of work. It's a scary feeling, he said. Although school resumed after the incident, Murray County Public Schools announced that any parent who wished to pick up their child from Columbia Central could do so. All Murray County schools, including Columbia Central, were dismissed at the regular time. Columbia State Community College students Jaden Kennedy, Lydia Knobloch, Sasha Erickson, Hope Bone, and Caden Flickinger recently participated in Tennessee's Board of Regents Day on the Hill event with other TBR student government members and SkillsUSA officers from across the state. Jaden Kennedy, Columbia State SGA president, attended the event for the second year in a row. It was great to be back on Capitol Hill spending the day with our elected officials, said Kennedy. I want to say a special thank you to Representative Jody Barrett of District 69 and Representative Sam Whitson of District 65 for their time and advice on running for office. I know for a fact these amazing gentlemen care deeply about our college students across the state and are committed to making Tennessee a better place for all. The TBR Day on the Hill allows members of TBR institutions, student governments, and Skills USA the opportunity to meet with state legislators and attend post-secondary education committee meetings. Being able to attend TBR Day on the Hill was an experience that showed me firsthand how our state government operates, said Knobloch. I was able to meet representatives who showed their passion for the state of Tennessee and was also able to discuss ideas to better our state. Not only was I able to talk with representatives, but I was able to sit in on committee meetings, which gave me a better understanding on the bill-making process. I am very grateful for this experience and encourage others to become more informed on how government works, she said. During the day, the students were able to sit in on committee meetings, and they met with House members Kennedy, Knobloch, and Erickson, met with Representatives Jody Barrett of District 69 and Sam Whitson of District 65. Bone and Flickinger met with Representatives Jake McComan in from District 63, and Scott Sapicki from District 64. Seeing democracy in action made me think how blessed I am to live in a free country where people can assemble, debate, and, by majority rule, make decisions that shape the future of our state, said Bone. I am proud to live in the great state of Tennessee, where our governor and majority of legislators are working to protect the values of Tennesseans, she said. I think it was great to have a chance to do something that helped me see what I wanted to do with my life in the future, said Flickinger. Meeting new individuals and state representatives was wonderful as well, he said. The African-American Heritage Society of Murray County announces a fundraising luncheon for the creation of an African-American museum and cultural center in Columbia. The fundraising luncheon is scheduled for Saturday, May 27th at 1145 a.m. at West 7th Church of Christ, located at 405 West 7th Street in Columbia. Tickets to the luncheon are free, though a $10 donation for the catered lunch is suggested. Funds raised for this event will help establish an African-American museum and cultural center in Murray County. Joanne McClellan, president of the African-American Heritage Society of Murray County and Murray County historian, serves as the featured speaker for the event. Her presentation is titled, Making a Way for Themselves, Faith, Family, Education, and Entrepreneurship and showcases the courageous stories of African Americans from Murray County. The event is co-sponsored by St. Peter's Episcopal Church in Columbia. The Society's vision is an outdoor museum space to tell the stories of the struggles and triumphs—I'm sorry, an indoor museum space—to tell the stories of the struggles and triumphs of African Americans, said McClellan. The exhibits and programming will include stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things to build the African American community by establishing churches, schools, businesses, and benevolent organizations. Other presenters at the event include Representative Scott Sipicki, the Rev. Father Chris Bowie from St. Peter's Episcopal Church, and Bishop Phoebe Ralph from the Episcopal Diocese of West Tennessee. St. Peter's is delighted to be a part of raising the voices and stories of resilience, success, and influence in the African-American community in Murray County, both before and after the Civil War, said Bowie. The experience of the gospel of Jesus Christ has been particularly important to the African-American community in Murray County and has played a vital role not only in religion, but also in education, he said. To register for the event, you can visit www.stpeterscolumbia.org forward slash A-A-H-S-M-C by May 15th. Founded in 2012, the African American Heritage Society of Murray County is a nonprofit 501c3 organization whose mission is to preserve the heritage and history of African Americans in Murray County, Tennessee. It's no secret that the primary key to successfully treating lung cancer is to find it in its earliest stages, and a pulmonary specialist with Murray Regional Health has made early diagnosis his mission. He's now sharing his highly successful program with other physicians in the region. Dr. Jan L. Friels, a specialist in pulmonology and critical care medicine at Murray Regional Medical Group Pulmonary and Critical Care, has developed a program utilizing the Illumisite platform by Medtronic that has proven to be highly, highly efficient and accurate in sampling suspicious lung nodules. He's hosting physicians from the region to observe his protocols and utilization of the platform so they can better serve their patients. This innovative technology helps provide our patients with the highest quality of patient care, Dr. Friel said. I'm excited for the opportunity to share our program with physicians in our region so we can have a positive impact on more lung cancer patients, he said. The IllumiSite platform acts much like a GPS to guide physicians through a patient's lungs. A physician uses a patient's computed tomography, or CT scan, to create a virtual pathway to a suspicious nodule and navigates the pathway with a bronchoscope and navigation catheter to a minimally invasive procedure called electromagnetic navigation bronchoscopy, commonly referred to as ENB. Once the physician reaches the suspicious nodule, specialized biopsy tools obtain tissue from the nodule. The tissue is analyzed to determine the diagnosis and stage of cancer. What makes a Lumisite platform unique to, is its ability to visually enhance and reach the smallest lung nodules. It also allows physicians to sample tissue in multiple areas of nodules. Early diagnosis can increase our chance of successfully treating lung cancer by up to 94%, Dr. Friel said. With this technology, we are able to identify the smallest nodules in the earliest stages and take samples of those tissues. We currently have a 92% diagnostic yield on the first biopsy, meaning we are establishing a diagnosis on the first biopsy 92% of the time, he said. Lung cancer is the second most common cancer in the United States and the leading cause of death from cancer, according to the American Cancer Society. The reason it's so deadly is oftentimes symptoms don't show until the cancer has progressed, making early lung screenings vital in treatment. Murray Regional Health offers low dose CT lung screenings at Murray Regional Medical Center, Marshall Medical Center, Wayne Medical Center, and Spring Hill Imaging Center. To qualify for a low dose CT screen lung screening, patients must meet the following criteria be 50 to 77 years of age, have no signs or symptoms of lung cancer, have a tobacco smoking history of at least 20 pack years. That's one pack year, one pack year equals smoking one pack per day for one year, one pack equals 20 cigarettes. Be a current smoker or one who has quit within the last 15 years and receive a written order from your primary care provider. For those who don't meet the criteria, a self-pay CT screening of the chest and lung area is available without a physician's order at Murray Regional Health's outpatient imaging locations. Other common cancer screenings include those for breast, cervical, colorectal, prostate, skin, and testicular cancer. For those who have been diagnosed with cancer, the Murray Regional Cancer Center offers comprehensive treatment from a multidisciplinary team of physicians and clinical staff who are committed to providing state-of-the-art care. To learn more about cancer screenings at Murray Regional Health, visit murrayregional.com forward slash cancer screenings. When the three-year-old thoroughbreds break the gates at Saturday's 149th running of the Kentucky Derby, Columbia resident Melissa Duncan will have a special rooting interest. That's because she owns 3.5% of the Florida Derby runner-up and Kentucky Derby participant, Mage. Since getting her first walking horse in 1978, Melissa has loved horses. She fell in love with showing her horse at an early age, and by 1991, when she and her husband Craig watched their first run of the roses together at Hard Rock Cafe in Orlando, she was hooked. This Kentucky day Derby, however, will be a little different. This is the first time I've ever had one of the horses I own compete in the Kentucky Derby, Melissa said. I love race horses, and the Kentucky Derby is usually my favorite day of the year, but I'm a ball of nerves already, she said. Each year for the last quarter century on Derby Day, the Duncans roll out the red carpet, literally, for friends and family for their annual party at what is effectually known as Duncan Downs. We try to do derby day right, she said. We send out invitations and men wear their best derby-like attire and women, of course, are required to wear a hat, she said. The gaudier, the better too, because the best hat at the party wins a prize. Prizes are doled out to a trivia contest winner and the person whose $10,000 wager in Duncan Bucks brings home the biggest payday. For even a novice derby onlooker, the Duncans Derby Party is sort of like a Super Bowl party. The sporting event is secondary to the festivities. A live DJ keeps the party going, and inside the house, you can find plenty of Kentucky bourbon being passed around and enjoyed as well. But with a horse in this year's race, will the Duncans be at Churchill or Duncan Downs? We know this is probably a -a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing, but if Mage wins, we felt like it would be so much better sharing that moment with our friends instead of strangers, Melissa said. The Duncans have owned other horses. Dalmatian Dancer was the first out of Tampa Bay Downs. A couple of years ago, Melissa's birthday, for her birthday, Craig bought into a partnership with Commonwealth Thoroughbreds, which allows individuals to purchase shares of a horse. The first horse they bought into was Country Grammar, and in 2022, he was the highest earning horse in the world, winning more than $11.2 million for the year. It's an investment where you buy shares of a horse, Melissa said. We're not in this to make money. It's a hobby and a thrill we do for love of the sport. It makes watching the races so much cooler when you have a horse to root for because you own a tiny piece of it. You aren't going to get rich by any means, but it's really special, she said. That birthday present paid off so much that Mage was a Christmas gift from Craig to Melissa. The problem? Mage had never raced, not even as a two-year-old. The secret? His pedigree. Craig loves Mage's daddy, Good Magic, and granddaddy, Curlin, and that's how he follows which horses he likes, Melissa said. Mage qualified with the aforementioned place at the Florida Derby, where he lost to this weekend's betting favorite, Forte, by only a length. On Saturday, Melissa made the trip to Louisville to check in on mage while he trained and she likes what she saw after breezes of five furlongs and six furlongs at Gulfstream, stream mage seemed to take a good hold of the track saturday in his first work at Churchill. i drove to the track to get there when it was still dark in the morning she said i saw all the derby horses work but when we came out when he came out it was just magic i don't care how many times i've seen it or been there every time i see the twin spires i cry this time was different It was a little more special, she said. I don't know what Churchill Downs has on me, but it's an emotional experience every time, she said. If Melissa cries on Saturday, she hopes they will be tears of joy because her horse and his jockey, Hall of Famer Javier Castellano, will be wearing the roses as they ride into the winner's circle. My emotions are already crazy, and it's still a few days away, she said. I don't know what the Dunkin' Derby party atmosphere will be like if we win, but if you aren't watching and you hear a sonic boom from Out This Way, you'll know who won, she said. And now your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mr. Robert C. Parks, 91, owner and operator of Parks Motor Sales, died Saturday, April 29th at his residence in Columbia. Private, family, grave, and Masonic services will be conducted at Neapolis Cemetery. A celebration of life will be held this evening, Friday from 5 to 8 p.m. at Parks Motor Sales. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors are assisting the family with arrangements. Mr. Jeffrey Paul Jeff Connolly, 49, self-employed mechanic, died Tuesday, May 2nd, at his residence in Santa Fe. Funeral services for Mr. Connolly will be conducted on Friday at 7 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. The family will visit with friends on Friday from 4 p.m. until service time at the funeral home. Mr. Jerry Lee Barber, 83, retired maintenance employee for DuPont in New Johnsonville for 36 years, died Saturday, April 29th at Life Care Center of Columbia from complications of Parkinson's disease. A memorial service will be conducted on Saturday at 2 p.m. at Southgate Church of Christ. The family will visit with friends on Saturday from 12 noon until service time at the church. Burial will follow in Swiss Cemetery in Hohenwald at a later date. Oaks and Nichols Funeral directors are assisting the family with arrangements. Mr. Timothy Allen Tim Riddle, 62, died unexpectedly Friday, April twenty eighth, in Kansas City, Missouri, while on a business trip for the county of Volusia, Florida, where he served as the Ocean Center director. Graveside services for Mr. Riddle will be conducted on Monday, May eighth, at 2.30 p.m. at Pope Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends on Monday, May 8th from 12 noon until 2 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why the way you feel has always been so important to Susie and Tony
1: Sowell. When people come here, I hope they feel like they're working with a person who's just like family. And by the time they leave here, I hope they feel like they're a part of our family. What I like most is when a family is living, they can say thanks. You made something we thought would be hard easier than we thought it would be. Not that we made it easy,
0: we made it easier. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have clouds and showers today with some thunderstorms possible. The high will be near 70 degrees with winds out of the south-southeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Chance of rain? 70%. Tonight, we can expect more clouds with a stray shower or a thunderstorm possible. The low will be 57 degrees. For your weekend forecast, we'll still have more cloudy skies with intermittent rain and a thunderstorm or two possible. Saturday's highs will reach 79 degrees. On Sunday, the temps get up to the mid 80s. Overnight weekend lows will be in the mid 60s. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee today. Family first. <laughs> My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance...
2: Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Oh!
0: Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Whether it's an abandoned building or a historical site, for many, those kind of old places hold a certain allure for curious minds wanting to know more about them. The Abandoned Tennessee Facebook page has more than 225,000 members who are constantly posting and consuming fascinating photos of places left to decay. While most of those places are truly abandoned, there are other places that have made their mark in history that aren't abandoned, like the Mount Olivet Cemetery in Nashville. It was founded in 1856 and stretches over 200 acres of land located about two miles east of downtown Nashville. It's considered to be one of the most historic places in the Volunteer State. From the unique architectural styles to the mausoleums and vaults scattered throughout the burial grounds, there's a rich history to uncover. Mount Olivet offers an overwhelming mix of history, beauty, nature, and death. Tennessee native Mike Woods has a great appreciation for the renowned cemetery. People ask, what's so interesting about visiting a cemetery they don't know anyone in? Well, because it exists, he said. Walking through the cemetery to me, reading the list of names, it's like you're scrolling through the road names in Nashville, he said. Names like Randall McGavick, who was a former mayor of Nashville in 1824, as well as James Percy Priest, who represented Tennessee in the U.S. House of Representatives in the 1940s, can be found there. Other famed men and women laid to rest at Mount Olivet include Cornelia Ford, the first woman in U.S. history killed as a pilot on duty during the Pearl Harbor attack, William Bate, the 23rd governor of Tennessee, and Thomas Ryman of Ryman Auditorium. Whether it's a desire to visit the grave sites of famous people, admire beauty, do a genealogical or historical research, visiting well-known cemeteries has become a popular item on travel itineraries, and Mount Olivet checks all of those boxes. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. This weekend packs a double whammy with Cinco de Mayo and First Fridays in Columbia, but that's just the start as we make our way one week closer to summer. The City of Columbia invites the public to join together in kicking off this year's farmer's market season at Riverwalk Park. The city will host a special as well as free springtime jamboree starting at 10 a.m. Saturday at the park activities will include live music a lost easter egg hunt balloon art and the chance to meet your local farmers not to mention the opportunity to shop fresh produce locally sourced meats and handcrafted items it's a new month also which of course means the first weekend kicks off with another festive first fridays in downtown columbia shops will open late food trucks will set up to serve along with live music and lots of people enjoying the best columbia tennessee has to offer That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM-WKRM Radio. I'll be back on Monday to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great weekend.